All right, we're back. Back like we never left. It's Speaking with Gravity. I'm Curvin, your host. On this podcast, we talk about mental health and how everything affects everything. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm somebody's son, somebody's brother, somebody's friend that also happens to be a therapist. Again, when you sit with a therapist, the conversation is different. And on these conversations, the goal of it is to make you think, make you feel, make you do what's best for you. I'm a therapist, but this isn't therapy. It's a podcast. A bird with a word came to me, the sweetness of a honeycomb tree. And now I look what's taking over me. Couldn't fake it if I wanted to. And today, we're going to talk about who is therapy for. I got my colleague with me, good friend of mine. I met her uh, a few years back. I ain't going to say how, how far back because then I date her and date myself as well. Um, I don't really mind by dating myself, but not her necessarily. <laughs> but um, met her a few years back at a private practice that we worked together uh, at uh, Synergy Counseling of Greenwood. want to shout them out. Uh, I got a lot of experience there, and it's actually a great, great um, private practice for uh, people to check out. They got multiple uh, counselors and whatnot, um, counselors, and uh, I think they got a couple of doctors, nurse practitioners on board, so definitely check them out. But give her this opportunity right now to tell a little bit more about herself. Again, she's a great, great friend of mine, a good colleague. She know a little bit, just a little bit about therapy. So uh, her name is Taisha Williams. Taisha, I'm going to uh, send it over to you and you tell me a little bit more about yourself. Well, hello, world. Um, <laughs> my name is Taisha Williams. I go by Ty. Um, I am a licensed master social worker. That's my profession. Um, my current role, I am now a hospice social worker, so in the medical field. Um, as Curvin indicated, I formerly have experience working as a mental health therapist. Um, I'm a native of Greenwood, South Carolina. I attended Johnson C. Smith University, which is a historically back college and university located in Charlotte, North Carolina. HBCU. Right. Uh, later went on to the University of Pittsburgh School of Social Work, and I got my master's. Um, thank you for having me, Curvin, and it's great to be here. And how, how did you get to um, Pittsburgh from Johnson C. Smith? I just applied. Uh, shout out to my graduate coordinator, Miss Mitchell. Uh, she encouraged me, honestly, just to apply to schools up north to get a different experience. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. So. Did you did you know you wanted to go to grad school straight out of? Did you go straight out of undergrad? I went straight out okay. of undergrad. And um, you knew you wanted to go, or was it because of her? A combination of both. I was strongly encouraged by... A man here, Mr. Byron Smith, I'll never forget, he said, if you don't go after undergrad, you're going to wait years and years and years, and it may be too late. Although it's never too late, but I really appreciated that, and that always stuck with me. So my senior year, um, fall semester is when I reached out to the graduate coordinator. She stayed on me, and I kept his words in the back of my mind, and I applied. It, that's, that's always funny to me because um – I was told the opposite and did the opposite. Okay. So I was told, all right, once you get out of uh, undergrad, just go get a few years of experience and then decide, you know, what you want to do. And I did that. And I think I waited um, five years, five or six years. Um, and then I went back to grad school. I regret waiting those five years. Yes, I did get the experience, 
But it's just kind of like, I don't feel like I got really into my career until after grad school. Um, and so there's five or six years. I ain't going to say I wasted because it was definitely uh, a lot of experience that I was able to attain. But right. I just waited for that one. Um, and then you said MSW. What is what is an MSW for people that don't know? So an MSW stands for Masters of Social Work. I know that a lot of people have this misconception about social workers, so I just want to clear the air. Not all social workers work um, in child services or child welfare, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> depending on you know the state that you live in. The name can change. Honestly, we're in all professions, in all settings. Not professions, but in all settings. You can find social workers not only in child welfare, or adult protective services. You can find social workers in the mental health settings. You can find social workers in hospital settings. You can find social workers in school settings. You can find social workers in our prison systems. You can find social workers at national levels, policies, um, or policymakers. You can find social workers out doing consulting work. You can find social workers who have private practices and so on and so on and so on. As the individual gets creative, you know, you can create whatever it is that you want. So, just to kind of break that myth or taboo that all social workers are child snatchers, that's not the case. So how, how did you end up deciding on therapy out of all of the things that social workers can do? Um, and it's, it's a lot under that umbrella, like you said. How did you end up saying, all right, therapy is the route that I'm going to go? Um, I've always enjoyed hearing people talk. And always being a listening ear and trying to give good, sound, concrete, unbiased advice. But it really dawned on me my senior year in high school. Actually, I took a basic psychology course and I was just intrigued about the mind and how the mind mm. develops. And I'm like, okay. Um, but honesty moment, when I got into undergrad, I undermined myself and didn't think that I was capable enough or I guess intelligent enough at that time to major in psychology so at that moment I thought I was just settling when I found social work but in actuality I mean I'm grateful for the experience I'm grateful that I chose the path of social work because again it's very diverse it's very broad and we focus on a person in the environment you know we focus on assisting the individual at all levels um as well as communities too so, so yeah. I think you said formally therapy, therapist. Yeah. Are you doing therapy right now? In my current role as a hospice social worker, some therapy, but not all. Um, just assisting, again, the individuals and their families with just how to cope with this transition that their loved one may be going through. But I'm not hands-on completely just doing all therapeutic work but i do feel as if the therapy will tie in just providing emotional support uh comfort a listening ear um the stages of grief you know as some people who enter hospice because again there's this connotation that every individual who enters hospice passes away and i learned just recently that's not always the case oh wow you yeah i didn't i didn't know that either. <laughs> so yeah so they, um, it's possible that they may actually come out of whatever they're yeah in. Okay. absolutely and so then your goal is to prepare the family for either for either or end result i guess you could absolutely. say absolutely okay so getting into the 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 meat of uh and i want to ask you some more questions but i know we're here to say who therapy is for um i always feel like and i said this in in the last uh episode everybody's life is so interesting uh, and it can help other people who are you know maybe going through similar things and so i, I want to ask you more about your path but um uh, instead 
I'm going to focus on the topic at hand. Topic at hand is who is therapy for? So if you had to uh, uh, to talk to somebody or, or just it, if you were trying to, I ain't going to say convince. Maybe convince is not the word. But just in general, that question is thrown at you. Who is therapy for? What would you say? Uh, for me personally, I'm going to say it's for everybody. And you don't have to go through a transition. You don't have to be going through a crisis. You don't have to have um, a mental illness. Therapy, for me, when I'm thinking about it, is for growth. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I've, I've heard this phrase, growth mindset. If you want to grow as a person, therapy is good. Now, yes, you can do um, you can do coaching, business coaching. You can do life coaching. Personal development, uh, I think therapy is a little bit deeper than those. I don't know if I have actually the proof or the research behind that to say that. Uh, and maybe I'll get into that later on uh, in this episode explaining why I say that. But that's my thought process. Therapy is for everybody. But what, what would you say? Um, honestly, I concur. I think therapy is for everyone. So if someone were to ask me that, um, my first initial response would be, who is it not for? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. And, and like you said, I don't think that you have to have a mental illness. I don't think that you have to have experienced some type of traumatic event, um, a loss, um, experiencing crises, experiencing stressful situations. Although all of those things can lead to an individual or family member um, coming to therapy, but. Just simply wanting guidance, you know, wanting an unbiased response from someone who you don't know. Um, but couldn't you, couldn't you get that from a friend? You could. Yeah. You could, but me personally, I feel maybe their responses, again, could be biased. And again, they aren't professionals within this arena of, of mental health or overall mental wellness. Um so therapy, honestly, it's for everyone, yeah. you know. Uh, I, I hear, uh, I've heard or seen it on the internet where people say, well, I just, I'm going to talk to my friend. But I, I, I think it's really hard for your friend not to be biased. Like, when you have that connection with somebody, you don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You want them to win as opposed to maybe the other person or uh, other people in general. So I don't know, just, I'm biased I think we just we, we say that loosely, mm-hmm. but you know, from a therapeutic standpoint, we don't. We're gathering information from you, so we are not biased. We don't know. We we only know what you tell us, right? Um, but it's harder for us to be biased because we don't know anything about you. Now, uh, it's good, I think, to have your friend or friends as a support system. Yes, um, yes. you know, reaching out to them. Let's say if you do have a therapist and they aren't available because your therapist isn't going to always be available. Really? Um, not always. Not always. Not twenty four seven. Not twenty four seven. Not not me. <laughs> you know, granted, we do have um, crisis centers where someone is available to assist an individual or community. Um, if they're experiencing some type of crisis, you know, difficulties coping with stress, any major life events or even minor events in your life. But a friend can be a great support. They can possibly encourage you to go speak with the professional um, in that moment. They can be a listening ear. But to be the only person that you go to for whatever you're seeking therapy for, I, 
I don't think you just need a friend. But it's good to have them as a support system in your safety toolbox. But a professional who has been trained um, to assist you in this line of just to assist you on that part of journey in your life. Yeah. So. Now, I have seen, uh, I've heard of concierge um, psych, uh, psychology or therapy. Concierge I should say. psychology. Yeah, um, where it's a little bit beyond that ther- therapy session at one hour. They may give you one hour, or actually um, 30 to 45 minutes, twice um, a month, and then also some time in between. Mm-hmm. But it's it's still there are boundaries there. It's not like you can still just hit them up any time. It just gives you a little bit extra beyond the session. Now, usually that's private pay. I don't think any insurance is going to allow you to use them to pay for concierge therapy. But that I just randomly saw that um, maybe two years ago, a year or two ago, and it seems like it's 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 kind of gaining some traction or whatnot. Going back to uh, the the uh, the issue at issue at hand uh, or the topic at hand, who therapy is for? If um, somebody's just took what you and I are saying, that is for everybody. Mm-hmm. How do you? How would a person go about trying to find a therapist? You know, whether and when I'm asking this question, like uh, if I if I was dealing with a mental illness, my thought process behind finding a therapist would be different, I think, than if I was just going through um, the transition of a, a empty, I say emptiness, so like okay. um, my kid's going to get older one day and I'm so used to going home and it being loud and see, um, being with them, but eventually they're going to get out the house and that's going to be, that's going to be not a rude <laughs> awakening, but it's going to be an awakening for me. And um, there, there may, might be some therapy opportunities for myself in, in that situation because I'm, I'm so close to my family right now. Okay. But my process for looking at, uh, at a therapist or for a therapist, I think, would be different if I'm just going through that as opposed to actually going through an illness. So what, what should a person, uh, and if you see what I'm going with, I kind of bring that out. But if, if not, just what would a person look for in a therapist? Oh, that's a tough transparent one, huh? moment. Um, I know for me as a mental health professional, because I still wear that title too. Um, as yeah, a you, licensed, you, licensed you, 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 you holding on to that title pretty <laughs> yeah, good. You know? I think that's uh, that's ultimately you. Like that's that's where you want to be. And you, you, from what the best I can tell as a colleague, you, to me, I have so much respect for you as a therapist. I think you are. A real person, you know. I'm not like trying to toot your horn, but I do want to toot your horn. You a real Thank therapist. You. It's not just like, and I guess I'm gonna go ahead and answer my question. <laughs> yeah, you know, there are therapists out there that's gonna take an intervention. Mm-hmm. They're gonna apply it. They're gonna use um, uh, intervention is not the word um, I'm looking for. The other word uh, okay. when we learn all of these different theories. Okay. Uh, they may take a theory and apply it uh, to a particular situation. But then you have, to me, those therapists that are real people who have real-life experiences. They can take their real-life experiences. They can take their book knowledge. They can take the research and the evidence that they've studied or acquired throughout their uh, experiences and put all of them in this, this magic potion mm-hmm. 
and deliver it to you if you allow yourself to come in with uh, all honesty. Um, man, I, I, there's so many ways to go with this one, but remind me to say something about uh, Chris, not Chris Tuck, Chris Rock when he okay. said. But um, to answer your question though, I think um, just looking for someone because a bio can say a lot, yeah. you know, about <laughs> the therapist that you're looking for. But me personally, I think you won't know until you actually meet the individual, whether it's virtually or if it's face to face. Um, you have to know who you are, and I think, and even if you're struggling with that, just trying to find someone who's a listening ear and. Understand if you don't meet the perfect therapist, although there is no perfect therapist or the right fit for you, you can always try other people. You can start by looking for therapists who look like you. There are great resources. I know for African-Americans or black people, however you choose to identify, a lot of resources for us. Therapy for black girls, therapy for black men. Taraji P. Henson has this wonderful organization where they provide services and they list a lot of therapists in various areas. Um, you can start with your local, wherever you reside, seeing if you have any community mental health centers available. Um, Always reach out to United Way. They have a resource line 211 and they have a resource navigator that could connect you to a mental health professional or a list of mental health professionals within your area or nearby areas. Um, we all, if we don't have smartphones, we should, even if we don't have access to the internet, because I can't say that we all should have access to the internet, but when you're capable of finding access to the internet, just type in a therapist. Um, and even narrowing it down, if you're looking for couples therapists, if you're looking for a therapist who specializes in LGBTQ mm -hmm. community, if you're looking for a therapist who specifically specializes in depression, if you know what your symptoms are, because that's another thing. Sometimes we are experiencing things and we don't have a label to put it on a label to identify what we are experiencing because we don't know. But you can just simply start with therapist in my area, black therapist, white therapist, male therapist, LGBTQ male therapist, uh, and things of that nature. Um, but a lot of resources, again, are available. Utilizing, again, going back to your support system, if you feel comfortable enough sharing with your loved ones or your friends, hey, I'm experiencing some things that it, it ain't right. And I feel like I need to talk to somebody. Do you know someone that's available? Even if you reach out to your pastor, if you identify with any religion, understanding if that pastor isn't trained in mental health, they can assist. But ultimately, you still need a professional to possibly help you again with whatever that you're looking for. So reaching out to them, hey, do you know any professionals in the area? You know, uh, when I was listening to you, I was thinking about our code of ethics. And I don't want to get too much into it, but we can't, we're not supposed to be just providing therapy about stuff that we don't know about. Absolutely. We right. have to go to trainings for these. Uh, and I say we because I am a therapist. This ain't therapy, it's a podcast. Um, but uh, we have to go to training for this. Uh, I'm not going to uh, eating disorders, I don't do eating disorders. So if someone come to me and they might like my personality, they might like who I am, I'm not going to see anyone about eating disorders. The only training that I have had in that was in grad school. Of course, we're going to take, we take uh, several classes, it's going to explain different diagnoses and stuff like that, but I don't know it. I didn't find an interest in it, didn't get any additional training in it. So that person that comes to me with that type of issue, I'm going to refer them out. Uh, if possible, which I actually, speaking of that, I need to build my network 
of, of therapists so I can be able to refer out uh, appropriately. But um, with that, when we were talking earlier about um, can you just go to your friend, you know, your friend, as I think you said it too, they're not going to have training in certain areas. So mm-hmm. some of the advice, unbiased or not, is not going to be in training in it. So something that they may give you may actually trigger something else mm-hmm. or may send you in the wrong direction. So um, we have to have training in certain, uh, whatever we're going to provide therapy for, we need to have training in it. Right. Um, so that we, you as a, uh, a person that's seeking therapy need to be mindful of that. And B, if you can, tell exactly um, what it is that you are seeking or what you would like help for. Going back to Chris Rock. Uh, I was watching The Breakfast Club. Okay. And he made a statement on, he was talking about getting therapy more recently. He said the difference is he was completely honest. Mm. And that's a, that's, he's like, okay, he was completely honest. Oh, well, what, what are you saying? He had went on to explain when he went into therapy the first time, he was honest but there are certain things that he kind of maybe um, sugarcoated or didn't really reveal his true natural thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that can affect how the therapy goes. You have to go in and be completely transparent because it, it, is, it is a non-judgment zone. Right. We're, if, we're in that, if your therapist is judging you, you need to call me and tell on them. Uh, not that I could do anything. But no therapist, none whatsoever should be ther- be judging anybody. So that's the opportunity for you to be your true uh, apparent self. If you're jealous, if you're envious, um, if you feel some type of way about anything, that should be it. You should be able to have that come out, which, uh, again, there's another, uh, I found this out, taking our test that we have to take. Uh, every person has to take a test to, to become licensed and to provide therapy uh, in their um, particular state. And one of the questions that I came across that stuck with me, doesn't matter whether it's CBT, uh, acceptance, commitment therapy, and these are all types of therapies that you can do. doesn't matter what type of therapy it is. The most important thing when it comes down to the success of therapy is the relationship between the therapist and the client. Absolutely. And they call it therapeutic alliance. Um, I don't want to go too much into it because then I might mess it up. But <laughs> <laughs> that is important. It is. It's, it, yeah, it's extremely important. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that we should think about when, we talk, when we're thinking about um, finding a therapist. Um, so, got a question for you. And uh, we kind of eh, threw this around earlier. Um, before we got into the podcast, me and you both read a book. I haven't finished mine. Did you finish yours? The Not book really. that I'm talking about, The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health by Dr. Rita Walker. If you haven't read it, read it. Read it. Read it. <laughs> um, but on there, we were talking. Um, one of the things she brought up, there was a passage in there that goes on and talk about how there is a psychologist, or I don't know if it was multiple psychologists or just one, who stated their research came up with um, black people were inferior to um, white people. And this is what they're saying. So with that being 
brought in our field, why therapy? Why would I get therapy if that was associated with therapy and psychology? What do we say to the, to that person that they're saying, hey, man, I, I'm, why would I go to therapy? The same people you're telling me can help me actually hurt me a few years back and my people. And that's true, but now understanding that in this new era, you have people who look like you. And granted, we've all been taught this Western philosophy to some extent about how psychology can work and how it's supposed to work. But you have to have knowledge of self and know who you are. And I think particularly, and Dr. Rita Walker, you know, mentioned this throughout the book, understanding who we are, particularly as people of the African diaspora, you know, we, when you have knowledge of self and when you have a sense of belonging, because that's something that just as a culture, we've lost a disconnect from because we were enslaved, we were kidnapped, we were taken away from our own homeland and, and we were stripped of our culture. And fast forward now, a lot of us don't know who we are. When you have true knowledge of yourself, you will understand that you aren't inferior to anybody other than yourself. So if you're still believing that you are inferior to another population, then we got to start there. You got to know who you are. So once you then get beyond that, I know who I am. Um, I'm going to look for people who look like me, who can assist me on this journey. If that's who you choose to reach out to, because again, you don't have to necessarily find a therapist that doesn't look like you, but I personally believe being in a room with someone who who's able to speak my same language, who understands my culture without me second guessing I'll feel a little comfortable. But on the flip side, you have people within our cultures. Oh, they don't know my business. Oh, they're going to know. And that goes back to, like you said, the professional part. We have certain ethical guidelines that we have to adhere to. And furthermore, HIPAA. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Your information remains confidential with us. I would not be doing my job if I were telling Sue and Sally about Bob's experiences. I'm fired. My license could be stripped away. Yep. You know a Sue and Sally and I a Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so to answer your question, I think first you just really have to have knowledge of self and understand that we are not inferior to anybody. And when you know your true history, you will understand who could possibly be inferior to others. And yeah. I'm just going to leave that there. And in addition to that, just to add, um, more and more, we're adding more and more color to this field. Um there's all types of people that are in this field, and we're more, um, the word I'm trying to say, we want to, we're speaking out more. You're not just allowing uh, a few people to say, okay, this is what it is. You know, we're challenging ideas, past ideas and current um, thought processes from the powers that be. The powers that be would be the people who are actually helping to write the DSM. It's actually the DSM-5 now. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the DSM carbon for those who don't know? Oh, man, you put me on the spot. Diagnostic something manual. Statistical manual. Okay, statistical. I couldn't. Uh, yeah, and it's the, it's five because it's the fifth version. Um, and they'll take uh, stuff out. They'll add things or they'll break it up into um, separate ones. There used to be, uh, at one time, there used to be a multiple, multiple personality disorder mm-hmm. that is no longer um, the closest you'll get to that, I think it's borderline personality disorder. Is that, I might be wrong on that. Uh, but that is no longer in there. Multiple personality disorder is no longer in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one time it was not only taboo, but it was considered a mental illness. If you were, uh, if you liked the same sex, 
that is no longer in there. Um, and currently, racism is not in there as, as a mental health uh, diagnosis. Um, that will be probably challenged going forward. Uh, I, I hear rumblings in that. Uh, I'm predicting, and I have, I mean, I'm nobody, but I'm predicting that it is going to be challenged and maybe even change um, to a certain extent. That was talked about in that particular book, too. Um, but the, the DSM-5 is what we go by to actually make a diagnosis um, for an individual that comes in for therapy. However, well, I'll let you answer this one. I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have to have a diagnosis when you come into a, to therapy? Is that, does there have to be a diagnosis? And I want you to think not insurance. I want you to okay. think <laughs> completely somebody coming in and they're paying you, you know, whatever your price is out of pocket. Does it have out to be Out of pocket, diagnosis? no. And especially if I'm doing private practice. And he said not to get into the insurance. But, mm -hmm. you know, when you work for other agencies, you have to have a diagnosis. But just private practice, I'm like, no, nothing has to be wrong with an individual, again, who's seeking mental health or who's just seeking therapy in general, but more so mental health therapy. Mm -hmm. Nothing. You don't have to be, quote, unquote, crazy. You don't have to be, again, experiencing a midlife crisis just to come out and seek therapy. You don't have to have a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, when you get into insurances, the insurance companies, they got to figure out what they're paying for, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's politics and red tape to go along with that that we won't get into. Um, but when you're private pay is the best way, uh, even with private pay. If somebody comes in, private pay basically means you're not allowing your insurance to pay for it. You're paying for it out of your pocket. When you do that, not only do you not have to have a diagnosis, but nobody sees what's going on except you and the therapist. Okay. Uh, when you do have insurance your insurance technically can can ask for your notes because they're the third party that's paying it and you know we're at liberty to to give it to them y'all have a contractual I'm not going to get into much into that but in, anyway um private pay you don't have to have a diagnosis you can just come in and seek help for a particular issue but getting back to that being honest is so key cuz we Honest not only in what you're looking for, but honesty in the things that surround it. You know, most therapists are going to look at your triggers. They're going to look at what happened prior to, how you feel because of what actually happened, and the changes because of a particular situation or what is currently going on with you. Um, what are the type of things in general that therapy will provide if people allow it? Um, for me, uh, if I was to say something, the f one of the first things that's going to come to mind is boundaries, being able to give boundaries to people. Uh, another thing that comes down uh, come in my mind is self-awareness, just being able to go back and really connect in how I feel about something in the past, present, maybe even in the future. Uh, what, what would you say is people can get out of therapy if they allow it to happen and they go? In addition to the two things that you miss mentioned, um, I guess I can kind of peel the layers back on that. Just like skills, you know, skills oh, to yeah. better, you know. Um, the, again, it goes back to depending on why you're coming to therapy, but just overall a better skill 
system of skills that you can implement to better manage how you may react, how you may think about a given situation or situations. Um, I think therapy also offers somewhat of accountability because if an individual is going back, you, there's a possibility that your therapist may ask you about something that you guys discussed previously or given an assignment that you agree to follow up on. And if you haven't, again, it's just kind of that accountability piece. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I love giving assignments uh, in my therapy <laughs> sessions. I have to, I feel like I'm not doing um, my justice or work if I'm not giving assignments. But there are some times I let people go without giving assignments. <laughs> I had to inject that. <laughs> Maybe also like a sigh of relief, you know, um, just, again, having someone who yeah. who's a listening ear. Um, oftentimes a lot of people don't have that individual available outside of, you know, their loved ones, um, friends, colleagues, whatever the case may be. But therapy, I just feel like it's an individualized process, so it can offer a lot of things for each individual um, or couple. Again, if you're doing couples therapy or family therapy. Um, but I think the biggest thing is definitely self-awareness. And then from there, the other things fall into place, the boundaries, the skills that you have, your ability to uh, react or respond differently to things. Um yeah, yeah, I don't want to be redundant. But. Nah, that's that's um that's dope, and you and you wasn't. Um, <laughs> it, it, I think I say in, in the beginning of all my epi- episodes, when you sit with a therapist, the conversation is different, mm-hmm. and I love talking with uh, therapists. I don't know, I guess because we we uh, we think alike, or I can understand um, better what they're saying. Uh, I had a, a question in mind that I was going to ask you, and I think it just left me. See, that's what happens with age. <laughs> You know, you have your uh, thought process and it leave you and you don't know <laughs> what didn't happen to it. Um, we talked about uh, who therapy is for. We talked about um, what to look for in a therapist. We talked about what you can gain um, from therapy. Is there anything we're leaving out when it comes down to therapy? We talked about trainings. Um, you talked about different intervention, different theories. Um I think we might have covered it all. Just the basis at that, anyway. Um, yeah, I think I think we pretty much covered it all when it comes down to therapy. And once um, I end the session, the, the, the I had two more questions that I was going to ask, and it just left me. Uh, and it'll probably come back to me. But um, we won't, we won't, I won't continue to try to figure them out. Hopefully, I can have you back. You, would you come back? I would come back. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Um, really, really, really enjoyed this, and I knew when I decided to do this podcast, I knew from the beginning that I wanted you to be on as one of my um, first people, and hopefully uh, I can continue to to get you to come back and shed some light on some things, because I want to talk about other things when it comes to um, the community as a whole, um, and therapy, and mental health. Uh, my, speaking of that, I did remember what it was. What would you say? The two things. I had two questions. I'm going to go ahead and give them to you before I forget Okay. <laughs> uh, one would be, do therapists need therapy? Number one. Number two, what would you see, say to your strong friend? You know, um, to me, my my dad was strong. My mom is strong. Like, how do I tell my mom, mom, you might need to go get therapy? Dad, you, you might need to go th- get therapy. Rest in peace. Dad's not here anymore, but... I, I wouldn't have imagined them because they're mom and dad. Okay. Like they're, they're my they're my go to. 
um, with or without therapy, they're my go-to. So how do you tell your strong friend, or what would you say to your strong friend about going to therapy? It's okay, you know. Um, oh, yeah, that's a powerful one. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm appeal, but it, it, it's simply okay to not be okay as well, as long as you have that awareness. But then, all right, once I'm aware that, you know what, it's okay for me not to be okay. Now I need to work towards a plan so when I'm not okay, how to be okay again. Um, having a difference or having a, understand, a level of understanding between healthy skills versus unhealthy skills and maybe that's something we can cover later on in different topics coping skills meaning it may be okay for me some may think it's okay for me to deal with this situation that's causing me some type of stress by going to get my nails done or a pedicure but if i'm also trying to budget and save the two don't go hand in hand and that's just a temporary fix the goal is ultimately to treat the root cause of a problem and not just keep Treating the symptoms, you know, um, putting a Band-Aid on things. But for that strong person, again, it's okay to not be okay. And be aware that Dr. Rita Walker talked about this resilience, particularly within our culture, African-American culture. Um, It can be a gift and a curse. It's good that we are able to overcome some of the adversities that have continuously been thrown our way. However, we've somewhat normalized not being okay and and just doing what we need to do to push through. But in actuality, we're passing down some of those unhealthy traits to our, our offsprings. And that creates that generational. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, you don't want to say curse, but yeah, you know what I mean? I I don't want to say curse, but you're just passing down unhealthy habits. So the goal is to undo some of the things that we've been taught by either those who may make us feel inferior, um, either within our own close knit circle and learn healthy habits so that the things that we are experiencing either seeds or they happen at a minimum level. Um, the other question. Before you go to the other question about do therapists need therapy? Okay. Um, the, just to piggyback off of what you were saying, you know, we've gotten so used to just surviving. Mm-hmm. And that's major what you just said. We pass that down to the next generation. Now, kids do what they see. Yes, all, all behavior, or I say all behavior is learned. Um, However, we learn them in more than one way. Right. Seeing is one of the bigger ways that we 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 learn we we find that they're gonna if you say something and then you do something, the kid's gonna pick up what you do. Mm-hmm. They may or may not pick up what you say, but they definitely gonna pick up what you do. And if we're always surviving, that's what we're passing on. Right. You know, right. At what point do you live? Do you wait until you retire? And, and live? Mm-hmm. Do you wait until I, I'm 50 years old and live? No, we can live at 20. We can live at, as a teenager. We can live as a, a, um, a, a, 40, a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old. We have, they, therapy will allow us to enhance or give us the opportunity to, to live the optimal life. So going to, I just wanted to, to jump in on that one. You, it got good to me. <laughs> going to what you were saying, uh, going back to that question, do therapists need therapy? Um, I personally, because everybody's 
answer to that may be different, but I think, yes, um, speaking as a therapist who had a therapist, sometimes we have to release the things that we, I guess, what ingested from others who we're assisting and serving. Um, and I need to decompress at times. Mm -hmm. So I do think that therapists do need therapists, uh, or need, need therapy, um, or therapists, just to be able to decompress, um, get grounded again, understanding why you stepped in the field, but also having self-care. Compassion fatigue is real, you know, for us in this profession. And we have to be able to have healthy, concrete boundaries, healthy coping skills so that we can continue to provide an effective service to those that we're servicing. Um, and to go back as well, we have to treat mental Health, just like physical health, we all have mental health, but it transitions into an illness when we leave it untreated. Being aware of the signs, and if we don't know what the signs are, starting to educate ourselves. Why am I having chest pain? And the doctor just told me that I was physically okay. Where there may be some mental stressors causing that physical pain. Again, the two go hand in hand. Um, so, yeah, I think we all can benefit, even as a therapist, from having therapy. I, I saw something... Um... I'm always on, I'm not always on social media, but I'm always on social media. I, I really look at. How I you going to always be on social media, but not be on social media? Well, explain it. All right, this is my explanation <laughs> for that. I'm going to try to explain it. <laughs> all right, I'm not on there just perusing. Okay. All right, I'm intentional about my social media use. So if I'm going to be giving out information, I feel like I need to be aware of what's going on um, in the world. I like to see it from a bird's point of view. Like okay. I want to, I want to know from the people, not just from CNN or uh, right. MSNBC. I want to know it from what the pe what people are saying. So I'm on there trying to see, all right, what what are people noticing right now? That's how I knew about the WAP song. Like I would have <laughs> never knew about that prior to looking at social media, right? <laughs> um, and then how it's affecting people, how's it influencing people? But then I'm also into like little groups uh, on Facebook um, about psychology or about therapists. Uh, same way with social media. If I'm going to uh, give it out, I, you know, a plug for myself. Uh, I'm a therapist at Gravity Counseling Group. And on Instagram, we have the Gravity Group. Okay. I'm always, I kind of control that, that media, so I'm always putting out information. But I'm putting out, I'm, re, I'm putting out what's already out there. Okay. All right? And I'm trying to feed the people something good to go into their particular timeline. We're actually on Facebook as well. But I saw on on the, that social media, if your therapist isn't getting therapy, you need a new therapist. <laughs> I'm going to sit to that one. So uh, I'm currently looking for a therapist. Um, but that's that so true. We do. I love what you said about um, compassion fatigue. We have to unpack what's being brought to us. Mm -hmm. And it, Especially if um, you're getting hit with um, different types of things, some heavier than others. And when I say some heavier than others, the fact of the matter is it, some are heavier than mm -hmm. others on the outside. Now, what's real to you is what's real to you. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can't say that your situation isn't heavy right, right. for you. Um, but there are some other things that, you know, we, we get and we take and we try to help out with. Uh, and if we don't release it, it's just going to sit with us. And I think you made a valid point too. what's heavy for me or what's my issue in a sense is my issue. And for someone to say, oh, 
that's not a problem or oh you'll be all right you kind of dismissing what that individual is is going through in my opinion so also being careful and being mindful if you're going to have friends in your support system who aren't going to be dismissive because you're experiencing something that they may just typically brush off or may not be a big problem to them um so yeah i, I just wanted to say that because yeah, yeah you touched on that um speaking of that like um I know I've heard about microaggressions, and I've always I've experienced them, but they really haven't affected. I don't think they've affected me, but they affect some people. Mm-hmm. So it it annoys people to be have to face that every day. Uh, I just kind of look past it, but it's it's really real uh, for someone. And for me to look past it doesn't mean I'm better than them. It's just Maybe I'm stupid. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm stupid not to to absorb it, but that's just or indifferent. Okay, we won't say stupid. Yeah. We'll say indifferent. She's she's so positive, um, but then that's why she's a dope therapist too. Uh, again, <laughs> I appreciate. I really, really, really appreciate you coming through and um, blessing us uh, with your presence, your appearance. You know, it's so hard to catch to catch you. You know, you always. Uh, chucking the movie, so it's 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 hard to get you. But I appreciate you coming through. Thank um, you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Honestly, I any do. any plugs? Any anything you got coming up? Uh, anything you want us to check you out for? New private practice coming in twenty twenty one. Well, I'm cr- maybe twenty twenty three. What gonna say? Um, still undergoing supervision, but just be on the lookout for me. Um. That's all I'm going to say at this moment in time. But, again, I appreciate just the platform, us being able to have just this dialogue to connect our people, to connect others. Um, This helps me, you know, um, in a professional arena, just to expand on the knowledge that I have, to challenge me to learn more. Um, We learn every day, you know, so that we can put this content out for our just individuals to where you understand it, not only receive it, but actually apply possibly some of the knowledge and jewels that we may be sharing with you all today. Um, yeah, I got a, Thanks, uh, I got a monthly wellness group that I do with, uh, BIPOC men. I'm going to put this on wax. Will you come next year and facilitate one of our groups? I'm going to let you pick the subject, but will you, you think you, you'll be we able to do We can talk that? about that. Okay. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to commit, uh, live <laughs> and in person. Okay. All right. Once again, I'm your host, Kervin Searles. Check me out on um, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. When I say check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, I don't care if you follow me personally, uh, which would be my name, um, but the Gravity Group, Gravity Counseling Group, that's all on social media. Um, If I said something to make you think that you can use therapy, seek professional help uh, in your area. She mentioned it earlier. You can look up Psychology Today. You can look up um, Therapy for Black Girls, Therapy for Black Men. Um, There is a host of other ones um, that you can check out. Therapy. If you need help, send me a message, however you find me, and I'll try to point you in the right direction. For those of y'all that want to support this particular podcast, you can always donate Cash App, the Gravity Group. Um, When you Cash App it, make sure you say what you Cash Apping it for, what you're sending the money for. But... We need your help. I would like to get better equipment. I would like to pay my guests. I would like to do more. Uh, As much as I can do, I want to do with regards to mental health because I think it's really important in the community as as a whole. Big thank you to my wife for allowing me to do this, for believing in me and supporting me. Uh, My family as well, my siblings, my kids. Also, thank you to Laverne Cinemas 
for helping me put together a nice little setup here. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a, a better setup going forward. Uh, shout out to um, my man Winston. Uh, I didn't get his approval to shout him out, but uh, thank him for coming through and helping us out. And thank y'all for taking the time to listen. You could have been anywhere in the world, and you might be anywhere, anywhere in the world right now, but you took the time out to listen, and I appreciate that. Remember, I'm a therapist. This ain't therapy. It's just a podcast.